This is an OSV Podcasts production. To learn more about OSV Podcast Network, visit osvpodcasts.com. Well, happy face day. I may the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. It's on the old calendar and the new, I think. <laughs> I think it's a new calendar thing. I think it is too, because uh, Star Wars came after the council. No, you guys don't understand the eternality of Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars has always been. I was going to ask you about that. So... When people enjoy Star Wars, it's not always May the 4th. And when we talk about it being May the 4th, is there like an eternal May the 4th that you can enjoy this podcast on? how God makes the Eucharist present, he makes Star Wars present. (laughs) You're going to edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) This is the 10,000 Places Podcast, where we look for God in 10,000 places. Where will we go? What will we find? Hopefully, Jesus. Okay, so listener, I may have a second religion. It's not my primary religion, okay? But I have a secondary religion called Star Wars. If this were Australia, I think that's actually an officially recognized religion in Australia. Really? really? Okay, well, now let's not that's... be ridiculous. <laughs> that makes the joke slightly less funny. Yeah, right? Like... Why do people? That's not a religion. (laughs) This is a religion. Imagine me pulling out Catholicism. (laughs) That's nice. But I do you remember Nick, the uh, lounge singer from the old Saturday Night Live? With uh, it was Bill Murray. Oh no! Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Oh man! So it was funny because when we were talking about this episode, I said. We should do the movies episode, like which movies really, you know, really impacted us. And why do I keep wanting to call you Andrew? I don't know. Lewis. Lewis said, <laughs> he said. Uh, gra- grandpa was Andrew. <laughs> yeah, Joe versus the why. volcano is the one that you chose. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but that's funny because when people ask me what my favorite movie is, I usually say Joe versus the volcano or Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And when they ask me why, I say, I don't know. That's a dumb question. <laughs> but. How can you pick just one favorite? Movie? Yeah, right. Yeah. But I said Lonesome Dove. Mm-hmm. And it was because we were, it was, I, I hadn't thought it through. <laughs> I, no, I love Lonesome Dove. I don't retract anything I said, yeah. but there is absolutely a cinematic story that has impacted my life so thoroughly that I couldn't, I don't, I really don't think, maybe I shouldn't say this on the air, but I don't think I could fully understand myself apart mm-hmm. from the impact that Star Wars has had on me. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I just... Real Star Wars, like George Lucas Star Wars. Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> and Dave Filoni Star Wars, yep. who is Lucas's protege and who is carrying on. Is he Paul? The, yes, absolutely. St. Paul? I'm not going to call Lucas Jesus. <laughs> but, because I actually, I think Lucas is, I think that his b- bad personality brings a lot of the stuff on himself. But I think most of it is unfair when actually aimed at his work. I think his work is absolute brilliance. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that there is there's something that he is very intentionally doing that usually when people critique, I say, oh, your problem is you don't like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that you don't like Lucas or this thing he did. It's you don't like Star Wars because yeah. you don't understand it. Yeah. And I will say. There are people who are going to say yeah, different opinions and blah, blah, blah. And who made you the Star Wars expert? Fight me. I am the Star Wars expert. <laughs> when you said Star Wars as a topic, I thought, well, this is going to be a 38-part series because we, I, I don't certainly know certainly think it needs more talking. attention than Vatican II. I mean. <laughs> this is the 10,000 Places podcast. Hey, 
We're having a podcast right now, aren't we? We are. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. I'm Alex Giltner. I'm Justin Aquila. I'm Lewis Pearson. And Justin, it looked like you were about to say something about Star Wars. I forgot it. <laughs> I just have just like I just have like like Star Wars themes just running through my mind. Dun, 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 I do dun, too. Dun, dun, dun. It's Duel of the Fates, man. Mm-hmm. So, are the prequels bad? No, they have bad acting. No, I think the acting's bad. Which acting are you speaking of? All of it? I the mean, whole acting? No, no. I take. I you think refi- Star Wars: The Original that. Trilogy has like the Stellar best acting? acting. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> oh, interstellar <laughs> acting. No, it doesn't. Um, I just have a. I have some trouble with. Um, both Jake Lloyd and Hayden Christensen. Okay, so you have trouble with a nine-year-old, first of all. I do. Okay, you monster. I know. <laughs> but, uh, no, I think... So here's the thing, Justin. But as a sociopolitical... I'm going to tell you, yeah. I think you're letting trends do your thinking for you instead of actually experiencing the movie. I think that's fair about Jake Lloyd, but I actually remember having a visceral reaction while watching now, episode two and three that of is, Hayden Christensen. Yeah, and I don't think it's his acting. I think it's you don't like what George Lucas does, like I said. Now, that being said, <laughs> I have always and you thought— you liked it when it was in the original trilogy because you were a kid or because it was new, and then you— That could be. Um, most of the things people say they hate about the prequels are actually like right there in the original trilogy. Okay, so that's I. I'd actually say that's the only thing I hate about the prequels. What? The the acting. Of oh, the okay. Performance yeah, yeah. of yep. those two yep. actors you mentioned. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm even a slight defender of Jar Jar Binks. Uh, Jar Jar's awesome. Yeah. yeah. He's funny mm-hmm. and he's interesting and he's a hero. He is a hero. A redemptive hero. Yeah. He's got a redemptive arc. There's a YouTube channel called So Uncivilized. It's very it, good. It's some of the best analysis I've ever seen about Jar Jar in the prequels. Yes. Defending why the so-called wooden dialogue of Lucas's movies right. is actually mm-hmm. part of the form of their success. Anyway. And part of his very, he's very intentional about it. Yeah. Like yeah. he's he's doing like Buck Rogers in these old um, shows that had such an impact on him. Mm-hmm. But also his dialogue is just really realistic. Mm-hmm. And so like that famous scene that's so cringy between... Anakin and Padme yeah. in Clone Wars, which everybody calls bad acting and bad dialogue, it's like, no. It's actually, the acting is so good and the dialogue is so true to two teenagers who know nothing about anything <laughs> talking about their feelings as if they're real mm-hmm. that it's cringy because if, yeah, if 16-year-old and 20-year-old were sitting there having that experience, that's exactly what it would sound like and that's exactly how you'd feel, really cringed out. Yeah, I think when you have someone who's been groomed as a queen and a senator and someone who's raised basically in a monastery, and then you have them facing you know, teenage attraction. Put by apparently wise people together. Let's put these young, attractive people together in a, in a shared secret cause away from everyone. And I don't think anything's going to go wrong. Yeah. It's a nice Italian villa at the lakeside. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Romantic, picturesque <laughs> yeah. setting. Yeah. 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 Like, Make sure what she... could possibly go wrong? Yoda. She's got to pack the five evening, evening gowns. That... So right. there is a few questions that I have about, dude, if you look at like just a uh, like a mess of pictures of every outfit she wears just in like Revenge of the Sith, it's like 1,500 freaking outfits <laughs> that she wears. It's insane. Yeah. We, we have a book, um, the, the, the different, the wardrobe of Mother Mary, 
and it shows her in her different apparitions, like going into a closet and wondering which which outfit she should pick out. Aw, yeah. I like I like Padme as as Mother Mary. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Well, one thing about the prequels that I would say is, I won't say it may would have made them better, but I think people would have understood better. Is there two kind of underlying storylines that Lucas couldn't put in there because it was too much. Mm-hmm. One of them is the Jedi and they're like their kind of corruption is probably a strong word, but they're clearly blinded mm-hmm. by arrogance and by their own sense of their own importance in the Republic. And Palpatine plays them like a fiddle because of that. And Anakin's growing distrust and disillusionment with the Jedi, which really gets kind of laid out in the Clone Wars story um, with Dave Filoni. But the other is Padme. There are like, if you watch her deleted scenes from Revenge of the Sith, she has like five scenes. And there is also several in Attack of the Clones too, where you see her trying to work through the fact that she has this allegiance to the Republic, but the Republic's not what it seems. And then she has this allegiance to Anakin. And there's actually a scene that got cut out where Anakin is standing behind the, the, the Chancellor while she's on the other side kind of making a plea for this growing um, group of dissenters mm-hmm. who are, of course, Mon Mothma and um, Bail Organa, and it's going to become the Rebellion. And so she would have been one of the founding members of the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. But you don't see any of that because it got cut. Yeah. And I think that would have helped people understand the story much better. Mm-hmm. We need a director's cut, <laughs> even though he pretty much surprising. it was the director's cut. Yeah. But I think we need a better one. That's the only thing I'll say is Lucas should have cut his movie more in line with his own vision. Mm-hmm. But I know everything about Star Wars. <laughs> Dave Filoni and George Lucas are two of the only people my kids have written letters to that we never heard back from them. But they must get millions mm-hmm. of letters. Yeah. Two of the things that people don't often think about when they look at the movies. I, I remember when the prequels came out and a friend of mine said, no, I like Star Wars dirty and beat up Millennium Falcon and dusty in the desert and stuff like that. And the prequels are too clean. I thought, well, your problem isn't with Star Wars. Your problem is with whether civilization is at its height intact or whether it's been destroyed and turned into this, yeah. this thing that we see in the original movies. So, so part of it isn't that Lucas changed or Star Wars changed. is that you're not recognizing part of your analysis fails to take into consideration the story. That's exactly right. And and I think also like and that's part of the the acting and the dialogue part too, which I'm not I don't think Anakin or uh Christian Haydenson deserved an Academy Award or anything. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying that I think that he did a good job and he did what he was asked to do. Mm-hmm. And he's actually starting to get some love now too, which is cool. Yeah, um, but he even was, though Kenobi was partly disappointed, although all the Darth Vader stuff I liked in Kenobi, I was just a little yeah. disappointed with them making Obi Wan into like I don't understand this need to like ruin heroes in order to have a story about yeah. them. Yeah, one of the things that people also don't catch—it's not about the movies; it's about themselves. Like you were saying, many of us came to these stories clear cut. This is good. This is evil. This is what this archetypal story looks like across time, culture, geography is that when we were young, we understood what fairy tales looked like. And the foppish butler, C-3PO, and, <laughs> and the, the beep, beep, beep sidekick that we don't, doesn't even yeah. speak any language that anyone can understand, didn't even notice them. 
But you notice Jar Jar. Like he's just the new three PO. Yeah. He's the new English mm-hmm. Butler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't notice. He's, the- and they're based on characters from Akira Kurosawa and other samurai films of these kind of bumbling people who make it into huge events that are way beyond them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there, you kind of see the story unfold through their eyes when there, there's like, so they're 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 kind of like hobbits shaking the fortunes of all, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's they're. They're 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 never the people you would expect to be at the center of the world changing conflict, and yet there they are. And I'm trying to remember. There's two. There's a, a pair in one of Kuri Kurosawa's films that do this. That he actually kind of modeled three uh, PO and, and R two D two after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember this ma- mainly. It was my undergrad mentor who pointed this out to me. The, the prequels came out, and people were angry. And he said, "Well, actually, I remember growing up with Star Wars." And when Return of the Jedi came out, I thought they ruined Star Wars. Because right. what are these little Ewoks. chirping teddy bears no. <laughs> walking around doing? Right. And then he saw his kids grow up with all three, and they were of a piece. And his kids could see that, but he couldn't. And he mm-hmm. realized it's because this was part of what made him who he was. And now that he's adult, he wants things to be adult like him, mature like him. I mean, the way that 20-year-olds think they're mature, right? Right, right. And I think that's part of what's happened with the fan fiction that we're calling the sequels today that our generation is remaking everything we grew up with, Transformers, mm-hmm. He-Man, G.I. Joe, and we're making them muddy and dark. They're not the clear-cut, good and evil, colorful, you know, timeless fairy tales. Yeah, that's right. And, like, yeah, is there ridiculousness in Star Wars? Absolutely, which that's part of it. If you don't love that, like, if you think the original trilogy was so great and that Jar Jar is this, like, affront <laughs> to my, like, senses, like, my sensibilities about reality... Do you remember when a small tribal army of murderous bears got lucky <laughs> against the freaking empire and defeated them? Do you remember that? Remember how ridiculous that was? You loved it. The ones who uh, worship the gold robot? Yeah. Like, this is Star Wars, buddy. You don't like it. You don't like Star Wars. And then, so then this does get me to the sequels a little bit because, like, it's almost performative art. <laughs> In that you have two perfectly like codified responses to Star Wars in episode seven and eight that to me like make up like when people are trying to fix or critique Star Wars but don't understand it. You have this misguided we need to forget about the prequels and get back to the original trilogy idea from Jar Jar uh, Jar Jar Abrams. J J Abrams. Initials are right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, See, it would be really funny, but the problem is they just spent a lot of time defending Jar Jar. And I'm not going to defend Defend J.J. Abrams Abrams because I honestly think he's kind of a hack. I wonder what that is. Anyway. So he just like, I'm going to just remake, you know, what I'm going to fix it by going back to the original trilogy, which you don't understand. And. You know, and then people are like, yeah, we're going back to like animatronics and puppeteering. First of all, there's more animatronics in Revenge of the Sith than there is in Force Awakens. But you know what else? There's more CGI in Force Awakens (laughs) than there is in the prequels. Why? Why do people get so mad about the prequels? Because it was brand new and because that was hype. That was what was hyped. But there are tons of animatronics and puppets and Mm -hmm. real sets. Naboo is real set. It's not computer generated. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Twenty five. I mean, it's like twenty five year different. I mean, there's a twenty five year Absolutely. gap between. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But matters, I don't yeah. see anybody right. looking at T one thousand and saying, "Well, Terminator two is a sucky movie <laughs> because the effects are so bad." 
It was nothing like the original. <laughs> Let's get, a, get back to the pure. I want to get back to the gritty 1984 Terminator. This is an Acts of the Apostle Church. None of this accretions <laughs> of man junk. We are a Catholic culture podcast, aren't we? So, 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 what is Star Wars about? Well, Star Wars is about myth. It's about the stories that humans tell about being humans. And so, what did he do? He went to the archetypal, you know, the the monomyth, whatever we think about that notion from Joseph Campbell. Like, that's what he went to. And, you know, it's commonly called the hero's journey. Um, it's about how the choices we make become the destiny we have, mm-hmm. right? Which is partly Greek tragedy, like, and, and like Macbeth, and partly sort of Aristotelian habituation that how does Anakin become Darth Vader? Well, Anakin becomes Darth Vader by making these choices along the way that suddenly become who he is. Mm-hmm. And these are the epics behind many of the cultures. Absolutely. That Epic of Gilgamesh, uh, Song of Roland, right. Beowulf, Iliad, Absolutely. Odyssey. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Aeneid. And then I'd say the third thing that Star Wars is about is family. It's about family. And so what you have in Force Awakens is, I just want to go back to the old. And so you kind of got this, like, Will Rogers, like, things aren't like they used to be and they probably never were. Because that's not what the original original trilogy was. But also, if you understand the prequels, you'll understand the prequels are so much like the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. And yet, they're not exactly like the original trilogy. Because they're not trying to do an homage to the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. Then you get the uh, The Last Jedi. And it's like, well, let's subvert everything. And people even say, like, Star Wars subverts itself. Yeah, but it doesn't subvert its own themes, mm-hmm. right? It subverts things within the narrative. Empire Strikes Back is an amazing subversion of A New Hope, but to in order to continue the theme of the story, of family, of the choices we make that sets up Return of the Jedi. And then you undo everything that happened in the Return of the Jedi. When the guy faced off against the Emperor but can't stop himself from killing a child, and that's what gets Ben Solo onto his, oh, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. like it's so stupid, mm-hmm. you know, you just undo everything. But then also like now episode nine can only be the mess that it was because Jar Jar Abrams has to figure out how to <laughs> undo everything that Ryan Johnson undid that <laughs> right. he redid from the original trilogy, which wasn't actually the original trilogy because he tried to forget the prequels and you can't forget the prequels and do Star Wars. Yeah. So part of my defense, actually, didn't mention of the prequels is I actually think they're very uh, astute and um, mostly historically accurate political analysis. Oh, for of the, sure. Of the fall of republics, the rise of empires. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole Roman Empire theme going on there. Yeah. Oh, and how can you watch Palpatine pull that off and not think this is the most genius thing mm-hmm. I've ever seen? I mean, it's yeah. evil genius, yeah. but it's like Adolf Hitler mm-hmm. was yeah. legally voted in oh for sure yeah and 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 then everybody talks about george lucas's dialogue and yet how quotable so this is how liberty dies that's right with thunderous Thunderous applause applause. that is one of the most quotable lines ever my six-year-old girl right now she will quote random thing it's just because the movie is set up that way that Mm -hmm. you hear the the echoes as you're as you're just having you know a conversation but I often do it when the kids ask me something. You know, is this going to happen, Dad? Possibly. 
<laughs> yeah and so oh it's the brilliance though can i just say of like oh, yeah. even even like the the bringing of the standing army right like the that's how that's the beginning of the end for the roman republic when everyone's scared yeah, and they good. bring Justin, i never thought about yeah that. they bring yeah. in the they allow caesar to come into the city because troops mm-hmm. weren't allowed to come into the city of rome and that's the end and same thing with the clones and that is at the end of the movie that everybody craps, craps on, on the most <laughs> attack of the clones mm-hmm. and attack of the clones Watch Attack of the Clones and Empire Strikes Back. You'll see they're perfect inversions of each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I love the chiasmus. The thing happens in the middle of the book. Right. In the middle of the play. You start up, you go down, you go back up. Or you start down, you go... So, like, it's a descent into the afterlife, and you come back out the other side. Right. So, like, the Iliad and the Odyssey mm-hmm. are these two bookends that kind of mirror each other. And they, the, and they they turn around the, 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 the fulcrum point mm-hmm. at the middle. So, it's called a chiasm because the Greek word key, not chi, you frat boys, <laughs> key is an X. And so, yeah. it's, it's based off that in, out, yeah, the Mark, X marks the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like if war, if we don't end war, war will end us. Mm-hmm. That is a chiasm. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, Lucas has said in many interviews, it's based on Greek tragedy. Act one is introduction. Act two is the major conflict. Act three is the resolution. Mm-hmm. So act two will always leave a person in a lurch, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe failed because the Russo brothers, who have said they are huge fans of Empire Strikes Back, showed that because they don't know how to end a movie. They just know how to go to to conflict. (laughs) (laughs) But we have the beginning, the prequels, ends with apparent victory, but it's actually the inversion, right? right? And then the sequels, instead of the Republic, this big, strong thing that finally becomes weak, you have this small, weak rebellion that topples the strong empire. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's down, up, down, or up, down, up, depending on if you're looking at one through three or four through six. Right. And you realize that the empire was the republic. The mm-hmm. emperor was the chancellor. Yeah. You know, that the, these... The rebels were the separatists. Right, yeah. right. And so, like, it it, it completely... It, oh, it's so good. And and, and just, just because we have to wrap up, just because... Just... Huh. <laughs> um... <laughs> Words. <laughs> We're, well, just I have a lot of feelings about this. Um, yeah, for our listeners, I think when we started getting to know each other, we'd have like eight-hour conversations, five days in a row, and we just got started talking about Star Wars. And you shove this in, and this is why we barely gave Justin an edgewise word. I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> Justin, but in keeping with that spirit, Justin, <laughs> the reason you're wrong about. Jake Lloyd. So <laughs> here's what I'll say, though. I really do. Uh-huh. So I do not think Jake Lloyd is. There are children actors that yeah. blow your socks off. Yeah. He's not one of them. Right. Granted. Um, I also think that George Lucas was trying to do something that's really hard for a kid to probably act out if they're mm-hmm. not an amazing actor. Um, but what I, and this has really come home to me even more. Cause Star Wars just gets deeper as I become more in de- like entrenched in family. I say entrenched. That's probably not like like <laughs> in, absorbed and gross. Formed by formed yeah, by family yeah, yeah. is now I watch. So I I, I watched Jake when I was mm. a kid. You know, a little Annie, and I see myself right because I'm I'm the hero and I'm also the villain. I'm, I'm the main character of the story, and I watched it um, recently because I've always. If you have ever walk up to me at any point and say, like, have you watched the prequels recently? The answer is always yes. <laughs> um, but because they're awesome. They're em- eminently re- watchable. But I see 
the last few times I watched it, it's like, oh, that's Jack. Your son is, yeah. It's my son. Yeah. And I see, you know, now I'm going to quote another movie, you know, the, uh, the father becomes the son and the son becomes the father. And I, you will see the world through my eyes as I will see the world through yours, which is Superman. But anyway, <laughs> that what you see in this, yes, dorky kid is innocence mm-hmm. and love. And he, everything he does in that movie is selfless. And it's for someone else. And when he gets the news that he's going to be a Jedi, he yippies like everybody makes fun of. And then his next reaction is, but what about my mother? Mm -hmm. Like, he's so good. And then you really think through the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker. Because what does he really want? What does he want? He wants a family. That's what he's always wanted. But what happens? He gets Qui-Gon, who could have been a father mm-hmm. that he never had, but Qui-Gon's killed. And so he has to be raised by his older brother, who's endlessly critical because he doesn't know how to be a father because mm-hmm. he's an older brother. Who's also, in a sense, been orphaned because he's not quite ready because, right, because he lost his father. Because the Jedi yeah. are actually terrible, <laughs> and it's really bad to steal people from their families and raise them like monks from when they were kids. Now, I, we named our kid Samuel because Hannah left him at Eli's doorstep. So I'm just going to say okay, that. Okay, fair second. enough, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. But, okay, let's get into that some other time because just because something happened in the Bible doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> but but uh, Our priest hello. did say, if I open my rectory door and there's a baby there, we're going to have words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did not sign up for this. <laughs> but, well, but so look at Anakin. Anakin is, he never gets to actually choose what he wants. It's always living up to the expectations of others, whether it's the Chancellor, whether it's Obi-Wan, whether it's the Jedi. And what, he, what does he really want? He doesn't want power. He wants a family. Everything he does is to save his mother, to save Padme. What finally brings him back? His son. You know, Star Wars is about family and the choices we make and how those affect the relationships that we have. And Star Wars is a meditation on family and choices in the register of myth. And if you don't get that, then you don't understand George Lucas and you don't understand Star Wars and you probably just should not talk about it. I think two things about Star Wars with a quick ending here for me that make me think of the Catholic Church. One is the fight over what it is sometimes betrays whether a person gets it, right? Yeah. I'm Catholic. I do fish fries in Lent. I right. root for Notre Dame football. So for people who think Star Wars is about the lightsabers or the style, there can be people who have an attraction to it, see the thing, are raised in it, but might have it by the wrong end. And so you can have real people who are real fans or real yeah. Catholics. They're really Catholic, but they can't, mean they get they can't see what's going on when they talk to other Catholics who have a different part of the church in their sights. But the other thing about this that I think about is development and heresy, right? So you see, mm. well, where is the church? Right? So moving away from how we're going to be a good Catholic, is it just culture? I don't want to just be a cultural Catholic. But when is it when Christianity fulfilled the promise of Judaism mm-hmm. and then Islam claims to be the religion that recovers what Judaism and Christianity both lost, uh, when Protestants claim that about the church— <laughs> Right. Well, okay. And so, but we're not saying Protestants are Muslims. No, no. Okay. No. All right. Yeah. So I'm being fast and loose with a lot of uh, things. I just want to clarify. I don't think you mean that. I want to clarify for our listeners that. Right. Yeah. I'm glad you made that clarification. But the point here is they are they're Christian brethren. 
Yeah. So people who say, well, the prequels aren't real. Was this like people saying, no, you can't be the Messiah? It's the way that's come along, and the Jews don't see the way as true messianic fulfillment. Anyway, so it's an open question. I'm not saying anything about Protestants, Jews, or Muslims. <laughs> I'm not meaning to do that, but I'm saying th this is yeah. how important it is to people that they say prequels don't count. The sequels don't count. Yeah, which I do. Right? I, I, For all of my bluster, yeah. I, I am just in one camp in this yeah. whole conversation. And so th then that's why it matters. Like, where is Star Wars? Yeah. Like, like, where is the church? And if people are going to fight about it, it indicates there's something that's worth fighting for. They mm -hmm. care about this. There's a thing to fight over. Well, no one fights over Star Trek. No, <laughs> because it's not as good. They geek a. out about Star Trek. They don't fight like this about Star that's Trek. right. And but here's what I'll say, too. I'll also say that, first of all, my arguments are still better than all those other groups <laughs> in both Catholicism and in Star Wars. <laughs> Pregnant pause. Yeah. The second thing I'll say is that I make a bet with anybody. We've just begun fighting over the prequels. Whereas everybody's already agreed the sequels weren't very good and already started to forget them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're in the sequel train, <laughs> yeah, last <I> stop. <laughs> I can, <laughs> as, as, as testament to that, I can I can watch the first six over and over yeah, again. I, it struggled. I tried it. With, I've they're not rewatchable. The they're not rewatchable. Um, uh, Rogue One, I'd also throw in there, but that's probably another topic. I love Rogue day, One. And I actually- Here's Rogue where, One's fantastic. It is fantastic, and here's where I'd disagree with uh, So Uncivilized's latest video, even though I like his videos generally. He's wrong about Rogue One. Hmm. I haven't like, seen He it. doesn't like it. No. Ah, uh, yeah, no, yeah. he doesn't. But, yeah. Yeah, this, so this is the first part again. There's 37 parts to follow. That's right. <laughs> I think- uh, We're going to have more conversation about Star Wars. It's hard to avoid. It is. I mean, yeah. it's come up a lot anyway, right? Yeah. So if you want to uh, disagree with us and, and be made embarrassingly um, publicly shamed by failing to meet us in argument when it comes to Star Wars, <laughs> how, <laughs> just to follow your suit there, I, Alex. I, I, no, I, I, I catch what you're doing, <laughs> and I'm not repentant. I don't disagree. I think <laughs> you do not seem repentant at all. No, Justin, Justin how, how do they hit us up so that we can... Send here, here all from. Star Wars related uh, questions, inquiries, and arguments to uh, 10,000 Places <laughs> podcast, all spelled out at gmail.com. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, listener. What's your name? <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm Alex Giltner. I'm Lewis Pearson. And I'm Justin Nicola. And this has been the 10,000 Places podcast. This has been a production of OSV Podcasts. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com.